Hi, and welcome to F&I Talk Outside the Box from EFG Companies. Today's podcast is brought to you by EFG Companies' new Motors Assistance Plan, otherwise called MAP. You get a chance to learn more about MAP and how it can now be tailored for your customers to boost your bottom line later in this episode. I'm Jason Hash. I'm a training manager with EFG. Uh, today's podcast is the second in our two-part series featuring Adam Hour. You can listen to the first episode on iTunes or in the Google Play Store. Now let's get started. You know, we've we've talked about prior, you know, we had our business development meeting and we were talking about where are dealers as far as the capability, are they ready to go online? And we talked about how some are just now, you know, putting their credit apps online. Right. I first got in the business, you know, somewhere around 2005 and, and worked for a dealership where we already had an internet department. Right. So how do you gauge how ready your dealer is to, to get online? Well, you know, it's, it sounds um, sounds elementary, but the first thing I'm going to do is just get on their website and see what, what is their presence. Sure. I mean, you can tell pretty quickly what dealers are actually engaging from a digital standpoint and which dealers are using it as a place to showcase their inventory. You can also get a good feel for what that dealership's motivations are and what they're trying to get done. Yeah. Um, you could tell by the way that the, the banners scroll if they do. Um, and then just what kind of uh, information is available on that website. Is there a credit app to your point that I can that I can look? Are there videos of the products that that we have available that can at least get a customer engaged at some level about the F and I products and repayment options that they'll have? Are there links to to other sites that can give you more information and kind of help you drill into you know making a buying decision and looking at some of these products? Some dealers are really you know, super involved with it. Some others, some others are not. Right. And again, we have to continuously adjust and address the behavior on all of these things. Some dealers think that persistence is the way and that's what we've got to do. And that's kind of an old school mm -hmm. view that you have to acknowledge that the customer is no longer sitting in front of you in the dealership in an environment where you have some level of control. Right. All they got to do is just hit the X on the top of the screen and they're off your site and onto the next one. Yeah. So the more customer service we can provide and the more transparency we can provide to customers, I think the more success we'll see. Uh, without a doubt. We live in a research era. So you got you know certain places that are starting to take the BDC away and maybe have the salespeople manage those leads. But still, we have to we have to get that training in there that you're not trying to get them to the store. Right. If they want to come to the store, they're going to come to the store. Right. And, and we're not just solely, you know, when, when you and I started in this business, it was just sell an appointment. The only thing you're selling over the phone is sell an appointment. And you can text that, that approach to some level, but that appointment, I don't, I don't know that necessarily needs to be referred to as an appointment. It shouldn't be a let's come to the dealership. What you really should be scheduling in my mind is the next action item. What's the next thing I can do to help serve you? What's the next thing you're going to be thinking about um, when it when it's it, as it pertains to this purchase? Sure. And you know, you, you spend all that time, the 16 hours researching a vehicle. If you're on my website and you found something you like, and you're going through those, you know, you're trying to search to go further with a credit app or or you're requesting information, you're a buyer. Yes, you are a buyer right now. These are buying signs. Right. So that's exactly right. And that's the type of training that our dealers need. Yeah. It's pretty simple. It really is. And you can make it work for you or you can fight it. Right. And we know that what happens when you fight change. You've heard every objection in the book when selling a VSC. 
Just like Goldilocks and her porridge, your customers want that perfect fit. How can a perfect fit for them increase your dealership's bottom line by up to $1,800 per month? It's simple. With EFG's MAP, you can create a completely custom plan tailored exactly to the driving habits and budget of your customers. It's so easy to sell with condensed coverage levels, expanded surcharges and deductibles, and terms in 2,500 mile increments. Give your customers exactly what they want to increase customer satisfaction and product penetration. Sign up for MAP today and prepare to take your F&I profitability to the next level. Go to efgcompanies.com for more details. Uh, we talk about over the phone, right? Selling products over the phone. Do you see that quite a bit? Do you see any managers embracing that? I see some managers trying, um, but it's clear that uh, they need to rehearse. Right. You know, no one wants to to think of it this way, but, you know, you got to put on your game face when you start dealing with a customer, whether that's online, in person, or over the telephone. And you need to be in a, in a space in which... You're, you're giving off some energy, <laughs> you know. Right. There needs to, it needs it can't be flat. And I don't want I don't want to use the word performance and it make it seem like it's fake or or it's made up. But you need to have some level of showmanship, some level. Of, that's why we're called salesmen. Right. Right. You know, well, we were always taught that they can hear a smile over the phone. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But you know, and again, it all boils down to the process, installing a process, following that process. And and ensuring people understand the value of the process. It cracks me up. You know, I'm on an airplane a lot. I see people continuously in line at the TSA. Oh, I gotta take my shoes off. Oh, I gotta take my oh what? And they fight every step of the way. Right. Meanwhile, I'm already through the line and in the Starbucks line. Yeah. Starting my next process. The less you fight the process, the smoother it goes for you. Um, and that applies to. Most things. Yeah, you're right. In a situation like that, you either go through the process or you don't get on the plane. Right. So that's kind of the situation in our industry. We know that the automotive industry is, it's a, uh, how do I put it? It's a competitive industry, right? Yes. Between employees, between, we make friends and camaraderie, but it's competitive. And if you're not adjusting, we've seen what happens when, you know, people want to stay too far into the old school. And that's right. We see that with training and, and things evolve. Anything else that you'd like to highlight as far as training needs or anything different that you're seeing in the industry? Yeah, um, I'm seeing um, definitely a, a more need for service engagement. Okay. Um, in the in the you know the back half of the dealership, or you know I've got dealers who are facing inventory problems right now, um, and you know they're just not selling as many cars as they'd like. You know different regions of the United States are suppressed in different ways, um, in part by this pandemic, just what's happening for the, in the economy for some folks. Um, so it's, it's suppressed in some areas and dealers are trying to look at every opportunity they can to increase profitability. And, you know, we believe that there's a tremendous amount of value in, in engaging with the service department. And it's pretty simple to, to wrap your head around when you consider that, you know, your average salesperson probably sees face-to-face two or three customers a day if you've got decent traffic. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you, with that type of volume, if you if you trained a guy really well, invested a lot of money, did a lot of work with him, you maybe could get him to sell two or three or four more cars a month. And with the type of front and back end gross uh, that you could earn, that would be valuable. Right. Uh, but then you think about what's going on in the service department. 
when you think about your service riders seeing 15, 20, 30 customers a day, and if you could Im- impact what's happening with those 15 to 30 customers a day, and you could move, uh, you know, hours per RO, a couple of tens, the payout on that, the money that falls to the bottom line for a dealer is really substantial, right. much more than getting a guy to sell a couple more cars or increase his finance penetration or his service contract penetration. Yeah, so that's a great point. dealers are looking at that going, man, there's a, there's an opportunity for me to get better at this too. Right. And a lot of dealers, unfortunately, just don't have that experience. A lot of dealers, you know, came up through the sales side of things. Right. And they understand the importance of fixed operations and they absolutely want to ensure that they've got, you know, good retention and things like that. But they're not thinking about, like, how do I improve the effectiveness of that guy who's greeting 15 to 20 or 30 customers a day? Certainly. And certainly service provides that opportunity. If your car is broken, you're coming to get it fixed. Unless you decide you're going to, you know, ride the metro or, or right. you know, walk. Try your mechanic and the family. Yeah. Over. Yeah, you definitely can. 2021. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because the family mechanic definitely got a garage full of computers oh, yeah. just waiting to start working on your program and everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So we see a lot more um, dealers, you know, raising their hand to say, hey, you know what? I think there's some other efficiencies I can improve inside of my dealership. And I know this, I got this monster back here that's, you know, I've got these 25 bays I got to keep full. Right. So we've seen service engagement really kind of bring itself to the the forefront as well. So what kind of things are you implementing in your service as far as training? You know, is it is it more just as far as you know fixing the vehicles, or are we we talking about selling some products as well? We're talking about um, primarily the process around um, selling some 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 repairs, selling services, selling okay. those type of things, scheduled maintenance. Yeah, well, you know, I like to try to pretend I'm an expert in a lot of things. Service isn't one of those things that I'm the the like a high level expert at. Right. But I observed that training and. What I see is that just like we've discussed through the majority of this podcast, it's about putting in the right process and, and having the right procedures. Um, there's a there's a host of things that a, a service writer can do to improve his performance. And it's not unlike what we see with a salesperson or an F&I manager. It's kind of our approach inside of VFG companies is to create need awareness. Right. So that we can provide need satisfaction. Certainly. So... You know, as a service rider, wouldn't it make sense to walk around that vehicle when the customer shows up and identify any dents, dings, and scratches? Not only just to prevent, you know, finding yourself in a situation where you may be liable, but also to point out to the customer, you know, we've got a painless dent repair. I noticed your tires are a little worn. I could absolutely take care of that for you while you're here. It'd be convenient and easy. You know, but if you didn't do that walk around, what would you know to do? Well, I think about the level of customer service if they've already purchased those products. I have a dent and ding, I have a tire and wheel, and I bring it in for you know a repair or an oil change, and somebody's there to remind me. You know, because a lot of times we forget. That's part of it too. That's part of it too. And you know, we try to make that super easy for service riders. At any uh, here at EFG companies, we have something that's called the Drive Portal. The Drive Portal is our online portal that obviously links to the love portal, which a lot of your listeners are used to connecting through. But it also allows service riders to identify, does this customer have a contract? What contract do they have? When did it start? When did it end? What was their last claim? You can actually drill in all the way to an inspection report through our drive portal. So you could really start with a living history of that customer and that contract. Uh, You can start building that inside of, of, of our portal and you have access to it 
365. Certainly. So the relationship never ends. You, you, you're always aware of what that customer's done, you know, what they have, what they don't have. Right. Um, no, that's a great point. And it, and it kind of it kind of helps with a lot of things we deal with. Oh, I bought that thing. I never used it. Right. Well, maybe you forgot you had it. Exactly. You know, if exactly. a service writer says, hey, listen, I noticed that you've got, you know, one of EFG's signature finished packages. I can have this dent like popped out for you right. while I'm fixing this other thing. I think that puts the customer in a spot where they go, you know what, That's a, I'm really glad I took advantage of that. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And we always see service as such a big piece of the pie. And, you know, you always hear a lot of the, you know, not a lot, but you, you hear a lot of horror stories. Obviously, being a service writer is a tough job. You know, when your car breaks, you're upset. Yeah. No one but, shows up happy. No, not at all. So how do we, you know, instead of just, I don't want to say complaining about it, but letting it ruffle our feathers, how do you fix that? And typically, it's going above and beyond. It's be, being there for the customer. Let's change that mood and their perception. And if you remind me I have dent and ding and you're going to, you know, bust these dents out for me and, oh, by the way, you need a tire. You know, that's going to go a long way. Right. And oh, by the way, as a service writer, that's work you're going to maybe get paid on. Certainly. Right. So why exactly. wouldn't you? Exactly. Exactly. So why wouldn't you? But, uh, you know. Yeah. So I, I like where we're going with service. And, and so other than just the, the service, the service walk and, and a process for, you know, providing more repairs and more service opportunity, do you think we're going to get into service writers selling, you know, maybe uh, seen in some places where it's maybe a tire and wheel. I mean, do you think we'll ever get into that? Absolutely. I think that that is the future. I think that um, we're helping facilitate that type of training currently. Like that's that's something that's part of our current uh, model. But you you know you don't want to lose sight of like, what he's there to do, which is self service. Right. So right. while we do try to help a, a service rider get into a, a mode where he's looking at maybe selling some F and I products. We want to kind of take that approach after we've got all of his basic blocking and tackling buttoned down. Then we'll start adding on new layers, new behaviors. It's the same thing we do in the F and I office. The same thing we do on the sales office, you know, on the on the sales floor. After we've mastered this particular behavior, then let's build on that and continue to add and grow until we get to a place that, you know, you've got a real professional in your hands. Certainly, yeah, especially if they. If they even embrace it, right? So not everybody's a salesperson, right? But, yeah. it, you know, hopefully if they embrace it. But you're right. It makes me think of the process now. You start in sales. You're selling a tangible product. You're selling this car. It's tangible. And it you have to show that you can do that professionally before you ever touch an F&I office. Yep. Because now you're selling air, right, essentially. Right. So selling uh, extra service to a customer is not an easy job. It's not they can get that part down and you know the F and I products come later. Absolutely. Absolutely. We want them to we want them to get focused on take care of your customer, make sure they have a good experience, that they want to continue to use the dealer's service department so they continue to buy vehicles from the dealer. Um, it all flows together. It all doves together really, really nicely. If you if you have an end to end process and someone helping you marry those departments and bring them together, it's it's super helpful. But again, you know, difficult dealers are challenged every day with, hey, I've got to sell a car. Right. If we don't sell a car and we don't generate some income, you know, how do we how do we make this thing happen? Yeah, it feeds everything else. So they stay focused on those type of things with a provider like us that allows them to, you know, put their focus where they need it to be and we can kind of help manage some of the other underlying stuff. What we want to be able to do with our customers and on the service drive, just like we do in the in the business offices, educate them, communicate with them. This is what I'm trying to do. And I, I think that one of the best ways that we can do that is through technology. 
a lot of the people that we engage with in the service department, we help them um, engage with some new and, and different technologies that will help explain to the customer that while you may your your opinion may be I'm just trying to sell you something else, actually what I'd like to do is point out to you that these are the manufacturer's recommendations. What I would like to be able to do is show you what the manufacturer of your vehicle recommended you do to keep this thing in peak performance for as long as possible. Talking as just a general customer, I buy service contracts. Of course, I buy EFG service contracts because of our award-winning service. Right. More five-star Google reviews than anybody else. But also, I believe in service contracts. Mm -hmm. For me to have to stop and say, let me write a check for $3,400 would seriously impact the way my, my life works on a daily basis. Yeah, certainly. So for me to be able to budget a little bit in my monthly payment and avoid that yeah. makes total sense. You know, and to your point, customers are apprehensive in every step of the process. Even walking into finance, it's a, it's a big negative perception, right? As soon as you walk through the threshold of the door, it's like, wall right. goes up, you're going to try to sell me a bunch of stuff. And it's the same approach we take with F&I managers where, one, remember that you're a customer too. And right. you've had these feelings too. So it's all customer centered. Right. And if you understand their perception and then you don't come off like you're trying to sell them something, we're just trying to educate, communicate, and give you all the information available to make an informed decision. You do that through, you know, certain training techniques and, and questioning techniques. And of course the relationship is important, but what you said, education and communication. Right. Realize that yes, your customer is probably upset about something, or especially in service, right? And you would be too. Right. So just forget about that, and and how how can we go above and beyond and, and make them feel comfortable? Yeah, that applies to most situations. If you just have a little bit of empathy, mm -hmm. help people understand that you're here to help them out. Yeah. I, you know, you're going to allow you to make an adult decision, do what you like to do. Uh, but I, I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't let you know about X. What's the next step? Well, Adam, thank you uh, for all the great insight. At the end of the show, we'd like to lighten things up a little bit. All right. Um, this is a question for both of us to answer. Okay. Uh, what, what really inspires you, Adam? Gosh, I'm a big fan of getting out in nature. And if you're not spending some time outdoors and just, you know, taking in the wonders that are the world, if, if you haven't been up to watch a sunrise in the last year, man, do that tomorrow. Right. Start tomorrow. Get out and you watch that sun come up. You watch it break the, the horizon and you realize yeah. you start feeling the warmth. You feel the light. Everything Get starts to come into focus. Going and then the it's amazing. And you start to realize, man, I've got the whole day ahead of me. I get to decide how this goes starting right now. Yeah. And, uh, and you're already on a good foot when that happens. So enough about me. You said you were going to tell us, tell us what inspires you. America's response to COVID last year. I mean, we couldn't keep inventory. Power sports, they couldn't keep inventory. Like you said, people were getting outdoors. They weren't going to stay home. And that, for me, is a huge deal because, you know, regardless of my thoughts on the whole thing, I'm with you. you got to get out and enjoy life. You can't stay, you know, huddled up under the desk. And, and that just it made me really happy to know that people were actually, they're like, I'm not going to stay in. I'm going out. I'm, I'm going to jump on the lake. And, and uh, that, that's motivation for me. Thanks again, Adam, for being on our show. That's all for today. If you want to get in touch with us to let us know how we impacted your business or to ask questions for us to answer on the podcast, don't hesitate to email us at services at efgusa.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to rate us in Google Play or the iTunes Store. And be sure to subscribe to hear more F&I Talk Outside the Box.
and EFG Production.